What's up, Nation? Really appreciate you all. Thank you all for tuning in. We're talking Cowboys. I'm right. I'm not going to be able to read your comments, of course. You got to be careful. You got to always wear your seatbelt and especially be aware of the surroundings when you're driving and talking, especially when you're live, because anything, any mistakes from here, you guys will be able to see. <laughs> but neither here nor there. We got to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys and how I feel about this game that's going to be tomorrow. Dallas versus the LA Rams, the final three games of the season. This could be the final three games for Sean Lee's career. This could be the final three games of Jason Witten. This could be the final three games of Jason Garrett. Uh, well, we already know that um, Scott Lenahan was the sacrificial lamb last year. So in retrospect, looking back at everything now, could be the final three games of uh, Kelly Moore as well. Or Rob Marinelli, Chris Richard, could be the final three games for all of those guys. It's a pivotal game. They might clean house. They might do what we want them to do. Finally clean house, right? Is everybody saying that uh, Law Nation is talking about burning down the house? It's, it's, it's crazy, in a sense, when we look at this team from A to Z and we see the talent. When the talent is being misused, misplaced, people begin to look at the, not just the talent. They, they, they say that, you know, they start second-guessing the talent. They start to look at it like this and say, well, maybe the team is not that great. I come here to tell you all that when you start thinking like that, it's the coaching. Coaching is supposed to be able to elevate talent. And when you are able to see talent, coaches should be able to take that talent and elevate it more. There's no, oh, we overlook talent. We know what the scouting report says about Jalen. We know what the scouting report says about Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> we know what the scouting report says about Demarcus Lawrence, Xavier Woods, Byron Jones. So that's what talent's supposed to be able to do. You showcase one talent, and then the coach is supposed to be able to elevate the other. However, we find ourselves in this bind. We find ourselves in this situation where it's now we're making excuses because of the losses. It's quite, it's, quite, it's quite strange how we look at Keith O'Quinn, the special team coach, right? Ranked bottom half in everything. Well, not bottom half. Ranked dead at the bottom on most categories that's necessary. And we don't point the finger at him. That's weird. We say, well, he don't have the talent. Let's just get another players out there. I, th I believe that even if we had David and Hester, even in his prime, we'd probably have him still in the bottom half. It's all about mentality as well. We have to understand that the Dallas Cowboys team, of course, the media, Roger Goodell, Say the uh, Stephen A. Smiths of the world, they're going to talk about us. They're going to try to throw negative things at us in all ways possible. And the reason why I got I got valid points for each and every last one of those guys I just mentioned. For one, Roger Goodell. Let me talk about him while we ride. Jerry Jones tried to take $45 million from his pockets. Don't you think that it'd be best for Roger Goodell to try to show Jerry Jones who really is the boss? That's one caveat, right? 
Stephen A. Smith and the media, we can lump them together. He actually threw his career off of talking about the Dallas Cowboys. What can go wrong will go wrong. There are 31 other teams out there that we can say that same statement and it will fit that narrative. What can go wrong will go wrong. At the end of the year, there's only one team that can host that Lombardi trophy, not multiple teams. So that's a false narrative that he always liked to put out there to the world, saying what can go wrong will go wrong type of stuff. <laughs> and everybody know that that's just low-hanging fruit. We can go line by line on every team and tell you that, hey, they didn't make the playoff because of this. And even though Aaron Rodgers, the bad man that he says, you only got one ring to show for it. Now, I can say that, well, in the last 25 years, we'll be proud just to have that one ring. I, I ain't going to lie to kick it. However, all of those other years, what went wrong for him? What can go wrong will go wrong, you see. It's like me saying that eventually it's going to rain. <laughs> and when it does, I say, I told you, you see, that's just how it is. <laughs> that's just how the NFL is. Now, looking at Jerry Jones and his situation, a lot of people don't fail to realize, and I had to talk to somebody on Twitter about this. They said, well, Jerry Jones is not the general manager. He's just a figurehead. He's a guy in a position. He's just a guy in a position just to, take, just to take that position over. No, 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 no. Jerry Jones is the end-all, be-all. Because a true general manager, he's responsible for not just scouting players and getting player personnel together. He's also responsible for the coaching staff. And his head <laughs> is just sticking out tremendously. Or he put his neck on the line when he hired his particular coaching staff. Meaning that he don't have a 10-year or 12-year or 15-year or 20-year plan. Most general managers, believe it or not, have a three to five year plan, a goal. And they echo that down to the coaching staff. They sit with the coaching staff and they say, okay, what is your philosophy? How do you want to win games? What staff or what, what type of team you want to build around this organization? What are your three year goals? What are your five year goals? Where do you see yourself beyond five years? You see, but when you are the owner slash general manager, you don't have that type of pressure. You don't have that, I'm gonna have to figure out a way to get it done regardless of the situation or the scenario. You don't have that. And that's what I'm saying with Jerry Wayne Jones. He don't have that accountability to look this coaching staff in the face and say, hey, you have a three-year plan or you have a five-year plan. And within that five-year plan, I want at least three playoff victories. Or I want to at least go to the conference title champion game, you see. Or I want to see if we are going to be a caliber of a Super Bowl team. Nevertheless, Jerry Jones himself picked out Jason Garrett. And he went through his first phase, eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. Signed him a uh, what's it a thirty to thirty-five million dollar contract extension for an additional five years after he went eight and eight, eight and eight, thinking that he's going to turn the corner around. 
and now it's at the cusp or the end of that particular said contract. And the coach is coaching for his life, supposedly, but he doesn't look like it. He don't have the foreseeable pressure on him. That's not how you run a successful business, man. It's not. I wish I could say it, but it's not. <laughs> That's the reality of it, Cowboy Nation. It is. And when we start talking about these things, it's not me hating at the Dallas Cowboys organization. Because within those five years since Jerry Jones selected Jason Garrett, within those last five years, he did win Coach of the Year. However, I look at Coach of the Year just like the Pro Bowl selection. It's all about politics, propaganda, and being able to sell your votes, not actually about salt discern or grain or grit discern. <laughs> That's just what I have to pull out, man. Um, it's just to pull you guys these type of facts. Like I said, I'm not able to read the comments because I'm riding and this is live. And Dallas traffic, <laughs> it can go just like this and that. You know how they go, right? So uh, like I said, I really appreciate you all. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is this right here. Is the, the LA Rams game. The pivotal moment that it is. The game that Wade Phillips is coaching the defense. And I know that he got an ax to grind because every time he look over to Jason Garrett, he sees Jason Garrett, he probably have an ill will or a feeling that, hey, this guy stabbed me in my back. Matter of fact, he didn't even wait for me to turn around. He stabbed me in my chest because it's kind of funny to me that Fox and I believe it was CBS, one of those networks that I was watching, and I think it was Troy and, and Joe Buck, they were saying that if you look at this team collectively, there's nobody who earned the graces of being an interim head coach. But if you really look back at the year that Jason Garrett got his position, did he really earned it? Was the offense doing something spectacular for him to get that position over Wade Phillips? Huh? Did he really earned it? No, he was favored for it, you see. He was handpicked for it. And if Jason Garrett was really earning that spot, shouldn't we seen something from that offense better that year opposed to being blown out 45 to seven against the Green Bay Packers up there in Wisconsin, huh? Hmm. And I could think that that year, I think the defense was something that we can say, well, we had DeMarcus Ware, we had this, we had that. So. I don't think that Wade Phillips deserved to get fired and canned the way he did. Now, here's my other side of the coin to that argument. I really do believe that Wade Phillips is a better defensive coordinator than he is a head coach. And to also to counter my own statement, I think that Jason Garrett is a better offensive coordinator than he is a head coach. Now, the reason why I'm saying it in that, in that ways, in those fashion, is that it goes all the way back to Jay, not Jason Garrett, but Jerry Jones. Being the risk analysis that he does, the, the, the risk evaluation, instead of going out there getting a proven commodity. <laughs> it's like him betting on Bitcoins or something, you see. If you're too late, you won't hit on that, you see. 
and, and that's the reality of it. Looking for that next coach that he can say, well, my expectations for this next coach will be this, just like I had of Jason Garrett. But when the expectations meets reality, everything else folds. Because I hear so many people saying, well, a college coach really can't prove that he can win on the NFL level. And the last three Super Bowls the Dallas Cowboys won was from a college coach, right? College coach philosophy. Barry Switzer, you can put an asterisk by that one, and I can give you that. However, there's still college schemes and coaching out there. They was more familiar with the players. They could identify with the player's strengths, and they can identify with the player weaknesses. And as much as we talk down on Barry Switzer, I know some people just listening to my voice right now will pay some good money to go 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 10 and 6 right about now. <laughs> yes. With a loaded roster. Of course, he got the axe when he went 6 and 10. And one can argue and say, well, you know, y'all got to let me get over. Let me just got to fight to get over in this, in this world. Let me get over in this lane. All right, so <clears throat> it's one of those dead steals traffics right here. I'm trying to get on this uh, freeway. So that's what I'm talking about. If Jerry Jones really want to get this thing going in the right direction, he himself, come on, drive. Don't just look at it. Drive. Jerry Jones really want to get to the right direction. He'll pick out coaches that can pull from winning resources. I'm not saying that Urban Meyer and come here and win multiple Super Bowls and go on a run like the Golden State Warriors did. But I'm saying that this talented roster with a few moves here and there, we can very much so go on that run. Think about it. A coach that can identify with a younger quarterback like the Dak Prescott's of the world will be a Urban. <laughs> hey, a coach that can identify with Ezekiel Elliott will be an Urban Meyer or even Lincoln Riley or, or Chris Pat Patterson or whatever, whoever this new coach may be. I think that they can identify with these players that's on this team. One can argue and say, well, Law, you're looking at the wrong side of the picture. It's not about the offense, it's the defense, the defense, the defense. Yeah, defense win championships. However, I can look at it from here. If we can have a coach that can identify and understand that with Jerry Jones, he's going to have his toe in the water. We know that. We know that Jerry Jones can't get out of his own way. I, I, I've heard people say that give me a ham sandwich and some french fries. They can coach better than Jason Garrett. <laughs> I believe that people right now in the chat right now, I, I think that you guys can show some highlight reels to motivate the players. That's not nothing uh, extravagant. It's not a great scheme as it relates to coaching. <laughs> it's not. So I know people in the chat right now can show that, you know, neither here nor there. Um, I, I just want to say that if we can just find that one coach, maybe just maybe, baby, we can go on that crazy run. And people, I know this, people are going to say, law, you still delusional. You don't get the bigger picture. As long as Jerry Jones got blood in his body and he's owning his team and operating everything this stuff would never change and i, I could say 
that if Jerry Wayne just do a little research, just stop being lazy and do a little research and get that coach that can fortify and solidify this team, man, we can go a long way. And I know people going to say, Law, look at it. It's not the coaching. It's the players that are missing tackles. It's the players that's not playing disciplined football to fill their gaps. It's the players that dropping the ball. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's quite funny that when you look at artists, music artists, even Beyonce, she she got a coach, a trainer, right? Somebody to teach her rhythmic dancing. She got a, a vocalist that can help her sing better in certain octaves and these sorts of things. And it's not that the vocalist that she worked with and trained with is better than Beyonce. But it's the coaching aspect to make sure that she stays on the level that she can perform at. Think I'm lying. You just look up any celebrity, artist, whether it be music, whether it be performance art, whether it be acting or what have you. They got a coach. They got a trainer. They got somebody to help elevate their skill set and push it above and beyond. And it's not the fact that they can't do it without it. You see what I'm saying? But they can be better with it. And what I'm trying to bring home is that when you have that coach that can look at something and cultivate that talent and elevate it and move it up a level, opposed to just sitting back collecting checks, clapping on the sideline and standing there. If you think I'm lying, I want you guys to go back and watch the 49ers versus the New Orleans Saints game. Don't look at the field, but look when the camera panned over to Sean Payton and when it panned over to the other coach, I forgot his name, uh, the son of somebody, I forgot his name, uh, the name at the tip of my tongue. Y'all can put it in the chat box. But you can see how active they were as it relates to calling plays, as it relates to talking to their players, as it relates to saying, hey, on the deal training, <laughs> on the spot corrections, opposed to just standing there looking at the game with their hands on their knees and occasionally moving the microphone up just to spit. <laughs> we need interactions. I think that when I was out there playing sports, when I was out there doing my deal, I had my brother on the sideline. I had my brother in the stands or in the stadium, what have you, and I could hear his voice because he was pretty much my first coach out there. He could say, well, hey, you got to run. You got to run, cut, bend, bend in. I can hear his voice. And it's not the fact that I don't know when to do it. It's just the simple fact that that extra set of eyes that extra knowledge of the situation. When they drop back in zone, watch his tendencies here. Hey, cover your man, get in front. That ball is gonna come out an inch quicker, you see. You gotta be an inch quicker on that particular route. Go on, dig deep on your route on this situation. Not saying that Jason Garrett don't, don't do it, but if I'm a betting man, I can guarantee you that he don't do it. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to lament. That's what I'm trying to tell everybody. That's what I'm trying to say, Cowboy Nation. And it's not me giving up on the Dallas Cowboys, but it's just me calling a fact, a fact, calling out the facts. The spade is spade.
we got a long way to go. The journey. I always say the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, but it's to he that endures to the end. And we got three more games. We try to endure to the end. We try to figure out ways that we can find one inch to win the game. The game is about the game is, is a ball game of inches, believe it or not. And all we need to happen is to get that one little spark. Where did that spark come from, Law? A turnover. Where did that spark come from? A creative play design that's well, well, that's well executed. Where did that spark come from? A block field goal. A pump return, returned all the way back to the house. When I look at 31 other teams, I just don't see where everybody pointed on one side and say, okay, the quarterback got to win us this game. Or I don't look at it at one side and saying that the defense have to win this game. I look at a collective unit that's moving in unison and everybody playing. It saddens me when I look at the Ravens. It saddens me when even when I look at the Seattle Seahawks, they are having fun, F-U-N. And so far, the Cowboys were putting the F U in fun. You see what I'm saying? And and, and that's just the reality. I, I wish I could say it otherwise, but we play so tight, we play so 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 unrelaxed, we're not loose. And I think that that's a direct reflection of the intensity that the coach has, and that's what he exhibits and exudes. Somebody gonna say, well, Law, hold on, pump your brakes. Don't the New England Patriots play the same way? Are they uptight? <laughs> Don't they ever be relaxed or what have you? No. A game plan for every situation, every moment. I look at the Patriots, and you think about it, if you look up Tom Brady's number, it's pretty much not, it's not even top 14 or 15 in the NFL. But he's crafty enough and wise enough to lean on his defense. They got more block punts this year and special team plays this year than we had in the collective four or five years. Let that sink into your mental. <laughs> and I said four to five years, they got it all in one year. <laughs> It's, it's culture too, you know. Of course, you can say that they cheating and these sorts of things. It is what it is with that. Just like a lot of people, I posted the situation in my uh, Instagram feed. Cowboys should immediately put their name in a hat for Janoris Jenkins. One, one thing that people said, well, law, without even looking at the tape, without even understanding the nature of the game, oh, I don't want him on my team. He's 31 years old. He's too old. <laughs> the brother got four interceptions. Collectively, as a defensive back this year alone, for us to have a defensive back that playing on the outside to get four interceptions, it would take us four years to get that. <laughs> we average one interception a year. <laughs> this guy got it within, what, 13 games. Let that sink into your mental. Now, I do know that when a player is released, we always point towards the Cowboys. But at this point, that's a valid reason to go pick up a veteran. 
It's a valid reason. Especially you can pay him veteran minimum or what have you. The same thing with Suggs. He's out there. Law, we don't need him. He's cancer. You know, he's old. He's long in the tooth. He's going to be another Bennett or what have you. Not going to really give us nothing. His blessings falling out of the sky, falling right into our lap. Why do I say that? Because Sean Lee is folded up like a wallet, having practice all week, but they expecting for him to come out there and play against a team that's going to put you on the ropes. Misdirections. If I can tell you anything, the best thing the Cowboys should utilize Sean Lee is just put him on the line and bless him. <laughs> Because covering out in space, lateral movement consistently out there, you're not going to get anything from Sean Lee. You might get one or two plays where we can all say, point, see, see, see. But for 60 snaps a game, expect that he's going to fold up like a wallet. Oh, let me talk about LVE too. The media, everybody, including the Dallas local media, they're not saying that, hey, LVE is out for the season. <laughs> <laughs> and my guy had already told everybody, hey, LVE is out for the season. He's pretty much not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna play another game. But it's funny seeing the news and the clippings from the Dallas media and the local people. Hey, LVE, he's he, he's not all the way done for the season. They still selling stuff. I'm sitting there like, go ahead and come out with it and tell us that it's beyond a next stinger so we can get on with it. 2020. We need to go draft the linebacker. But in the meantime, if you're about that win action, you'll say, hey, Suggs, how quick you can pick up this Tampa 2 defense. <laughs> how quick you can pick up this Tampa 2. I know you probably played it in middle school, high school, but how quick you can pick it up. That's what I would do. Pay him veterans minimum. Law, we don't have the money. A lot. We're going to have $94 million free to us next year. We still got an additional $22 million just sitting in reserve this year. We had, we had numerous times to go out there and get that difference maker. Numerous times to go out there and get that playmaker to somebody that can make plays on the ball. But we sat back on our hands and we said, okay, we're comfortable with our guys. It is what it is. And I hate to talk like that, but it's just the reality of it, Cowboy Nation. We are sometimes too comfortable with our guys. And guess what? You don't build muscles out of comfort. You don't gain or grow in life out, out of comfort. You gain and grow with resistance. For those who lift weights, for those who work out, they know about resisting training. You got to go against the grain. You can't feel comfortable. Law, why are you not talking about that? <laughs> Law, why are you not talking about EZ? Well, I already said that every year the Cowboys should at least entertain a veteran quarterback to bring him inside. And two, draft a quarterback every year. Put that pressure on Dak Prescott. Every year, they should look at it like this too with Ezekiel Elliott. My job is to replace you. Even though we gave you this bag, my job is to replace you. For both, for every 53 guys, my job is to replace you. That should be the stance. That should be the the um, the battle cry, believe it or not. That should be the end word for every player to know. And my job is to replace you. You can't slip. 
Oh, Daniel Ross, you can't get pulled over. You can't be driving in Frisco and having that stuff on you. My job is to replace you. Antoine Woods, my job is to replace you. You see? That's, that's how we should manage this situation. That's how we should live this situation too. But I don't think that this coaching staff had the fortitude, the longitude, and the latitude to have those type of cojones to just replace guys. They hold on to guys for far too long. Oh, you think I was gonna talk, not talk about old reliable Jason Whitten? <laughs> he should have been had that talk of talks dropping all of those passes. Now the courtesy of Jason Witten, I didn't even put the video out there. Got a video right now <laughs> that I done curated and curated already of all of his drops. And I sat back and looked at it and I said, okay, how many of these drops are Dak Prescott from? I looked at it and I said, man, about three of them were. Too low, right at the feet, too high. I mean, he had to be Shaq mixed in with Elijah while to catch those. But the majority of those balls, they hit them right in the mittens. You had to say to yourself, my oh my, Father Time is undefeated. And if I can see this, I know for sure the staff should be able to see it. But here's the problem. You got nobody on that staff who's willing enough, who have the cojones enough to say, hey, Jason, we love you, man. We know you're a walking Hall of Famer. Nevertheless, we're going to start Schultz and Jarwin over you. <laughs> Nobody's going to be able to tell old reliable that. Because still at this situation, Jarwin, unrestricted free agent this year, he may be playing on another team if we don't, if we don't secure his payment or what have you. And Schultz, you still don't know what you got out of him. You don't think that he can run rounds. He don't look like he's fast enough. Yeah, he can block. It's not that great of a block. It's not like he's not like he's a, a, a Tyra Smith blocking as a, as a tight end out there. We botched that deal. I think we really did. <laughs> we botched all of those situations by bringing Jason Witten back and him being a progress stopper for the other guys so that we can properly evaluate the situation. It's hard. A wasted year. Now, it will be remarkable if Jason Witten can run out here tomorrow and be that enforcer out there on the field and catch balls all over Taylor Rapp and make him look like a fool. It will be flat out remarkable if that can happen. And I'll be the first one to cheer. I'll be the first one to say, hey, look at old reliable. I will. But realistically, it's looking at the trends of things. It might not happen, unfortunately, from what I can see with my eyes, my observation. Cowboys really want to stretch out that, that Rams defense. They would get a tight end, opposite, opposing side. But my guy, Jarwin, so that they can stretch the field vertically with some nines, some stick routes, slow goals, all of that can be all in the inside. 
For real. Down, let me over, car, let me over, let me over, let me over. There I go, there I go, let me over. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for letting me over. Boy, they ride vicious over here in Texas. Let me over, man. <laughs> let me over. Boy, they didn't want to let me over. I had to show them I had the juices, baby. So that's how I look at it, Cowboy Nation. And for those who are able to see me, I'll be live like 95 at Lava Cantina. That's where I'm heading to. Uh -huh. We have Joe Looney, Michael Gallup. They're going to be in the house. Yeah, I can finally read some of y'all comments. I made a red light. Appreciate you, Eric. Shout out to you. Shout, shout out to you, Devon. Shout out to you, David. Really appreciate you as well. Um, about five minutes away from the star. Thanks to all of the moderators. Really appreciate them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see you, Devon, man. Really appreciate you all, man. Rue, Rue, you've been holding it down, man. Rue, you've been holding it down. I really appreciate you uh, for holding it down. Like 5,000 pounds, man. Um, G-Rail, what's good with you? Shout out to you. Yeah, I'm driving now. I can only read the comments when I'm at a stoplight. I'll be foolish to read the comments while I'm driving around here in Texas. And when you're driving, you want your hands on the, the ones and twos, right? On two hands on the steering wheel, but you know when you're cool, you only have one hand on the steering wheel when you've been driving for over 30 years, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's how it goes, man. This team, man, we 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 can get it done. It's just that we just have to move some things around. There have to be some gut checks, some chin checking around here. There have to be some reality checks. And uh, shout out to my guy, Jay Reese, as well. He sent me an uh, article. I think it's from Yahoo Sports article. Sometimes the articles can be fickle a little bit, you know, too outlandish. But in the article, it was detailed, and it was talking about Rain Dakota Prescott's uh, salary. Uh, I guess not salary, but his contract talk. And, and I, I tell people all the time, people would say that, Joe Flacco, he he betted on himself, he gambled on himself, and he went a whole year without paying, uh, without being paid or what have you. And if Dak Prescott want that pack, that bag, that that paper, he can do what Joe Flacco did. And I wanted to just tell people two different scenarios, two different coaching for one. And on top of that, Joe Flacco, think about the luxury that he had. He had a Ray Rice was very explosive running in between the tackles he had a dynamic safety named ed reed we don't have nobody in the nfc east alone in the nfc on our team that can play like the ed reeds right he had a dynamic guy named ray 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 lewis you know i mean ray lewis next levels type of nasty good you see that team whether or not you can say that they were not all that as it relates to offense. However, he had a guy that could take the top off the defense. He had a guy named Jacoby, whatever his name was, of a special team. I'm just going over J. 
just by saying that alone, that Joe Flacco had no choice but to go to the Super Bowl that year. When you are winning on all three phases of the football, when you can close your eyes and just lunch and throw as far as you can, and you have a guy that can take the top off the defense, you have a guy that can run the rock, you have a, uh, you know, at the time he was a young coach, but he was still smart and crafty and wise. And it was a no-nonsense organization. Hell yeah, he could should have bet on himself. You see? And if you put Dak Prescott in that type of environment, boy, no telling what the Ravens would have done with, with, with Dak Prescott opposed to Joe Flacco, you see? So the thing is, Joe never changed. That's the craziest thing. Joe Flacco never changed. His whole entire career, Joe Flacco never changed. He always had the guy with a strong arm who, who couldn't pass the underneath pass, but he could just throw it down the field forever and ever and ever. Only thing that changed for Joe was his defense. You know. And then uh, they, they went and got that old kid, Lamar Jackson. Hmm. Lamar Jackson, something nice, ain't it? people going to say, well, you know, he could he, the Dallas Cowboys should have drafted him, especially since he got more rushing yards than Ezekiel Elliott, you know. <laughs> they should have drafted him over LBE, what have you. I want to tell people this right quick. Come on, Carl. Got my blind. Hey, people, when they drive like that. People love to drive you blind, are you? Um, <clears throat> here's the thing. All right, Cowboy Nation, it seems like I'd have made it to my destination <clears throat> safely in one piece. And um, we talked a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys. We talked a little bit about the, the coaching philosophy and the staffing and Dak Prescott and his salary. And and I was trying to go into the point where it's, um, <clears throat> when, when you play on a contract year, uh, here's the issue. Dak, why are you not running? Because he's thinking about that $150 million contract. <laughs> That's why Dak ain't running. Would you run if you had $150 million? If you blow out your knee, then the team can say, ah, you know what? We really don't care about you anymore. That's why he ain't running. Yeah. Wow, why Lamar Jackson's running? Because he's still trying to earn everything. He's trying to let people know, hey, it's my second year trying to win. You know, you hear Lamar Jackson. First thing he says, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I'm trying to get to the Super Bowl. What about Pro Bowl? No, I'm trying to get to the Super Bowl. I ain't have time to talk about no nothing else. I want to get to the Super Bowl. That's what you when you're playing driven. When you're playing smart. Lava Cantina. We're here live. Really appreciate you all. Thank you all for tuning in to the nation. Uh, let's get this thing going one day at a time, one movement at a time. Um, payback time from last year. Yes, 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 indeed. Always keep your head in the game. Yes, 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 yes. Love for the game. Yes, shout out to you, man. Thank you for tuning in. It's my guy right there. Um, shout out to you, Jeff. 
Always keep your head. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or lied about, don't deal in lies or hate it and yet give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumphant disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools or watch the things you gave your whole life for, broken and stooped and build back up again with worn out tools. You can make one heap of all your wins and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss to lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe one word of your loss. And you, my friend, have unlocked the true meaning of what it takes to be a man and for the ladies. And you unlock the true meaning of what it takes to be a grown woman. Cowboy Nation, I don't know about you all, but I can say this right now. We bleed silver and blue from the cradle to the grave. Matter of fact, if I don't have a star on my tombstone, I'm coming out of that, that thing. And I'm going to hunt whoever put me in that ground, right? <laughs> all right, Cowboy Nation, that's been my time. I really thank you all. Thank those who contribute to this channel. Thank those who share. Thank those who are uh, part of the elite. Thank all of the moderators for holding it down like four billion pounds. That's been my time. I really thank you all for yours. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the best. Salute. I'm out. Peace.